So all semester long, I've been putting this slide up when we begin, and we've been talking about um, all of this study and the rationale of why people leave the church, why these things have mattered, and why this conversation is so pertinent right now, why everybody is concerned about your generation. But I want to flip all of that today, and what I want to talk about in this slide isn't the reason why people are leaving the church, but rather, let's have a different meaning on this today. This is, seniors, this is why you have to leave um, and why it matters, and not just because we want the summer off. Um, because you have to go. Next week, Friday, 307 souls potentially will be here commencing as they potentially begin the next season, the next stage in life from all of our different programs. And I love how we call this event commencement, to commence, to begin. It's not the conclusion of, but it is the beginning of, more than anything else, everything that is supposed to take place. What happens for you in this time and while you are here is preparation for, it's not an and in and of itself, it's the preparation for what is to come. I want to leave you today with a blessing. This is traditionally what's been called um, the Aaronic Blessing. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Six promises of God get offered up in this passage. These words get offered to the Israelites after spending almost one year at the foot of Mount Sinai. They've been delivered from 430 years of slavery. They're sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai. They're being given command after command. They're being told what it's going to look like to be the people of God. And this blessing is given to them as a promise of newness for what goes forward. In fact, they were to say this over the Israelites every single day. Every day they were to be washed in these truths and in these promises of God. Worship has been concluded for millennia by God's people with these words, with this sending, this blessing. Three times Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton, gets said in this passage. First time it's in a series of three Hebrew words and then five Hebrew words and then seven Hebrew words. There's a building that's taking place as it grows. And if you take the 15 Hebrew words minus the three, some believe that that was actually because there's 12 words left that are left for a blessing on the 12 tribes, one word for each of them. The fullness of God's promise that would be lived out on all of them. Maybe my favorite part about this passage, though, is all of the yous. You see, this is a blessing that often gets said right at the end of worship and in corporate worship settings, but every one of these yous in this passage is in the singular. It's for you. It's the voice of God telling Aaron, Aaron, I want you to say this over the people, and they want, need to hear this as if I'm speaking to each one of them individually. These are my promises for you. And then six different promises follow. Remind them, the Lord bless you. To be blessed by God is to stand in the advantageous position. It is to be filled with the potency and the potential of life. 
It is to have an advantage over every other possible position, to be in the place of blessing, to be a recipient of what it is that God wants to do through you. The Lord bless you. The Lord cause your position to be one of advantage. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are the Beatitudes rattle off. Page one of the Bible, God blessed them and said to them, and then he filled them with the ability to un- and the command to unpack, unfold, unravel all of the potential that he had hid within creation and within you. God bless you and keep you. For a people who stood in the wilderness without a shelter over their head, not knowing what enemies lay before them, exposed to the elements and to the different seasons, not a lot of assurances all around them, so many uncertainties, not knowing what lay ahead, what armies would attack them, what pestilence would come against them. Every day, keep you. God will keep you. He will preserve you. His ways will stand no matter what the winds of the world will bring. Keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The radiance of God's glory, not only off of his face, may it shine on you. May you be a recipient of that, and I think implied in that is also turn your face towards him and receive it. He doesn't turn his face away from you, he turns it toward you. So often I think we think that God is this other thing that's so far away from us, uh, apart from us, maybe even angry at us. We're so unworthy. But he turns his face toward you and invites you to turn your face toward him. And be gracious to you. Grace is still my favorite word. This reminder and this promise embedded in the center of the gospel that everything I could never do for myself, God has done. The Israelites knew nothing of what lay ahead of them, but God had promised them already, I will part the seas. I will deliver with plagues you from your slavery and your bondage. And there's this promise upon promise upon promise that gets fulfilled as God does the doing. And grace is all about God taking the onus of all of this upon himself. God, be gracious to you. May God go before you. May you know that at times you only need to be still. God will fight for you. That even in your resting, God is working and watching. In your sleeping, God is over you. God, be gracious to you that you know that you will not have to create the future. As Alex so properly reminded us already, you don't have to create this. You don't have to kick this down. Your Father is pleased to give you a kingdom. He is gracious. He's turned his face toward you. Toward you, you. God's interest in you and in your life. Seven billion people and God is interested in you. He's enamored with you. Before you spoke, before you moved, before you breathed, he delighted in you. He delights in you now. He's turning his face toward you. 
And then the promise to give you peace. And you know this word, shalom. Not peace is in just the absence of conflict where you can kind of just rest at the end of the day, but peace, shalom, everything the way God intended it to be. There are many of us in this room who will not see each other again, maybe even in the same space after today or after graduation until we do this in the fullness of shalom together one day. You ever think about that? Before I turned 40, two of my roommates from Dort passed away. I'm waiting for this, for a peace that I cannot create, for a peace that I can't bring about no matter what I do. No matter how I orchestrate the circumstances in my life, I can't, I can't make it happen. And I love that the promise closes that God will give you peace. You don't have to create this. You don't have to fight for this. You're welcomed into its inbreaking. You will enjoy your life more the more your life is about that inbreaking. But you just get to be a recipient. He give you peace. All of that to say at the end of it, I think this blessing is spoken over the people. That they're reminded in these six promises, in all of them, God's not saying, and this is what I want from you. God's just saying, I'm going, this is what I'm doing. And I'm doing this over you, and I'm doing this for you, and I'm doing this through you. I'm doing all of this. And I want to bless you. Can you hear God's voice over your life? I want to bless you. I created you to delight in you. I created you to bless you. I created you to bless you so that you could bless others and be a blessing to the nations. And I want to give you this. And so I think God said this to his people. After hearing about all the ways they were supposed to live at the foot of Mount Sinai, before they commenced the next season and the next stage moving forward into the wilderness. Because their posture after 430 years of slavery had been one on their heels, receiving everything that the world was coming at them and reacting to it. But can you hear God saying to his people and God saying to you, that's not how I want you to live. I want you to be on your toes leaning forward. Grab every new breath, grab every tomorrow in front of you because it is mine, and I am going before you. That same pillar of fire that guided Israel through that wilderness is the same God who goes before you now. And he wants to bless you and keep you. He wants to make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn his face toward you, and give you what you cannot create. His shalom. May you not be afraid. May you be empowered. Not because of us, but because we have still yet to see how great and powerful our God is. I'm going to ask the band to come back up and lead us in closing song. And as they do, will you close your eyes, stand up, and pray with me. God, we're still learning how to receive from you. How to unclench our fists and not trying to grab or hold on to, but just simply receive all the goodness that you have for us. 
all the uncertainties that sit before us, our questions for us, but there are certainties for you. God, we do not know what tomorrow holds, but we know that you're good. We know that you delight in your children. We know that you have divided seas for your kids to walk through on dry ground. You have told them at times, just, just, just stand still. I, I'm going to fight for you. Just rest in me, and I will give you what you cannot create. God, these are your promises for us, every one of us. Teach us how to receive them by receiving more of you every day as we commence in a new way what it means to be a student of all that you still have yet to teach us. In Jesus' name.